If you really hate social media and Instagram especially, I'm the first to say, don't use it. You are the boss. You make the decisions. But if you spend time creating content to post on Instagram, etc., if you put energy into it, be strategic about it. Instagram is a free tool in our marketing toolkit. It's a platform we can use for free to reach potential clients and it can work really, really well for that if you use it right. Now, if you're feeling like, but I've been doing all the things, I'm posting Susanne, but I'm not seeing any results. I hear you and I'm here to help you. In this episode, I'm talking with Gabby Metz, aka The Content Yogi. Gabby is a yoga teacher and digital marketing expert helping yoga teachers build their online presence and sell their services on Instagram. Listen in to learn more about how to create content that converts followers to students, even if you only have a few hundred or thousand followers. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. I'm your host, Susanne Reicher, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. Hi, Gabby. Welcome to the Blissful Biz Podcast. Hi, Susanna. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited you're here. So we already chatted a little bit. And yeah, so you've been one of my students a few years ago. I love that. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your story, your journey, what you're doing right now. Uh, Susanna, it is so funny. So I literally, I think I found you, I think through this podcast, or through Google, I can't remember. But um, when it was in the middle of the pandemic and I'd lost my teaching job as a yoga teacher in the studio and they obviously couldn't afford to have me on and I needed to pivot and come up with some kind of plan. And so I think me and the rest of the world were looking at what we could do online in 2020 and you came up with a solution and I joined your email list. I think I downloaded one of your freebies, but your emails were always so engaging and like the way that you wrote everything, I was hanging on to every word and I didn't know what launching or anything was at that stage, but I was obviously in like one of your launches and, you know, you were promoting the online course and I thought this is exactly what I need. So I took my husband's credit card. I didn't tell him and then I went for it and it was the first big investment that I ever made in my business. And Looking back, it was the thing that really started my business because a year and a half later, I guess, or almost two years later, I am, I've got my own online programs. I've helped over 70 yoga teachers now just with growing their Instagram and their business online. So it's been a really exciting journey from somebody that had absolutely no clue to now, I, I don't know if I'd call myself techie, but um, I've definitely learned a lot in the past two years, you know, through through your course and obviously just just building a business, building an online business. I love that. I mean, it's what I'm always saying is like the first online course launch, that's just the start. That's just like yes. where the journey really begins. And and also even when you what was your niche there back then for your first online course? It was probably very different uh, to what is now, right? 
It was so different. It was so different. I think that I was actually talking about branding, just branding, actually. I don't even know if that really was a niche. I don't know what it was, branding for yoga teachers. And eventually, as I kind of learned and really felt like wasn't really what like I learned, but it was really what I started to enjoy. And I really started to enjoy Instagram and playing around with it. And I loved the visual aspect and then the video aspect of reels and that. It just really spoke to me. And so it pivoted just organically into Instagram and helping yoga teachers sell their services on there. And so that is, that's where I currently am, but who knows where it will go. <laughs> I love that. And I think this is such a good uh, reminder for people that you, you're never have, going to have it perfectly figured out, the strategy that's going to last you for the next five years, because like choosing a niche is so difficult for a lot of people, especially starting out. And sometimes you just have to make a decision, get started, stick with that. And of course, it's going to pivot and change over the years, mm. right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get started and you'll see what happens. So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit more about Instagram. Let's talk about that. I feel it's such a monster. <laughs> it's a beast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? It's funny. It's like I, I really think that it's like in this whole digital scape that we find ourselves in, I really feel like you've just got to pick your poison because, All of them have got their good sides, their bad sides, upsides and downsides. But for me, I think that it is just a platform that I really re resonated with for a couple of reasons. Because for me, the most obvious thing was is that there were thousands of yoga teachers who is my dream student or ideal client or my target audience. Like these people are on Instagram, right? And my first The first thing that I ever really learned was like, you need to be where your people are. So if my people are on Instagram and right now it's just me, I'm a solo yogi prinya, I'm a mom, I've got two small boys, like I don't have a lot of time. So I can't be doing TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all the things, although, you know, one day we want to go there. But, you know, for right now, it's like, well, if this is where I'm going to be, then I'm going to learn what I need to learn so that I can really maximize the space. and. Yeah, I think that it's been a really interesting learning curve because it is so easy to kind of get seduced by the going viral and, um, you know, growing your followers and everybody wants to kind of grow, grow, grow and just really make Instagram have hundreds of thousands of followers and become this yogi influencer overnight and we're all just celebrities and sipping Well, that's a very different <laughs> business model, like to become an influencer. So we can definitely talk Ooh. about that. Yeah, but oh, you're yeah. so right. I feel like I'm, um, yeah, there are some issues with social media, but on the other hand, it's a free tool that we have to, to reach out, yeah. to get in touch with people, to spread our message. And you're like, what did you have before social media? Like an ad in mm. yoga journal, right? And flyers. Exactly, or business so, cards, right? Yeah. So um, what I would like um, actually to get into a little bit more is not really how to get started. I like covered that as well. But you know, like, for, if you are a yoga teacher, you've already been posting on Instagram, maybe you have your first couple hundreds or a thousand followers. It seems like a lot of people who follow me, they have like a, a little bit less than a thousand followers or maybe a thousand five hundred, but, and they feel like they're doing all the work that you know, like they're really posting and they're still seeing no results. They're not getting anywhere. Mm, What would oh. be like your advice for them to maybe have like a quick win? See, 
Mm-hmm. Um, see results, and it's not about the number of followers, but what kind of results can they get? Mm. Gosh, you know what? I think that one of the most overlooked things when it comes to Instagram, and it's one of the things that I teach in my online program, Post with Purpose, but one of the most overlooked things that I see in on social media in general is that we are not having conversations anymore. We're having monologues where we just kind of throwing content or we're throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that something sticks and hoping it goes viral, right? Like there is no real, there is no real strategy behind it. And if there is one thing that I've learned in the past year and a half of building my online business is that the key to growth is really relationships. The key to converting customers to converting followers into students is relationships. So really building an engaged community. And I think that if you have got fewer followers, if you are like a thousand less or 1500 or wherever you're at, you're actually in a really prime position because that is like 1500 people who could potentially buy from you. And when you, when you actually step back and you think about how many people that is, it's significant. When you look at the amount of people that are sitting there watching your stories, even if it's a hundred people, those are a hundred potential customers. Um, and, when we shift our gears and I think when we really shift the mindset to be like, okay, well, we need to be social on a social network, then your results are different. But when we just focusing on the post, it's a little bit harder. Yes. I love that. Can you share some examples? Because for a lot of people, it might say, yeah, social, I'm social. What does it really mean? <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> okay. So I might get a lot of hate for this and you might not love it, but when I'm talking about being social, I don't mean that you need to be speaking to your mom and your friends. Okay. Because I know that your dog looks cute on Instagram and it's great to see where everybody's going on vacation in December. But that is not, those are not the kind of relationships that are going to grow your yoga business. So the kind of relationships or the way that I look at engagement on Instagram is that there's two types of communities you've got to be building. The first one is, is that you've got to be building up a tribe, a tribe of like-minded people, maybe in a similar niche to you. So that maybe could look like other yoga teachers. If you're a yoga teacher, a prenatal yoga teacher, for example, um, you know, these could be other prenatal yoga teachers. It could be health coaches, wellness coaches that also deal with women's health. So think about really building up that tribe because those are the people that are also going to support you, support your content. You never know the business opportunities that they could bring. And then the second vein that we look at is building up your community. So who are these people that you want to serve and help? What do they look like? Instead of just, you know, there are so many, and it makes me sad, like there's so many people who they complain about engagement, but when someone comments on their post, they don't, they, they don't even write back. They just maybe like it or they don't reply to DMs and that. And so much of engagement is about really getting those conversations started. And it's not just limited to your feed content, but in your stories, DMs. So yeah, it's a process, but that is how I see it. Yes, I love that. Um, what I hear sometimes, though, is that when people, for example, ask questions in their stories or, um, or in the, co- like, ask for comments and there's crickets, they don't get anything back. <laughs> I know it's the way. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you say to them? Uh, honestly, like, so I do give a bit of tough love because my question is two questions. Are you engaging? yourself, right? Because if you are engaging yourself, 
that is how it starts. But if you're not engaging and you're just expecting, like, we're not Kim Kardashian, we need to also understand that, you know, we can't just post a picture with a question box and get a million replies. Like, we've got to work for it, too. The other thing is, is that I would also look at what it is, what the kind of questions you're asking are. What what kind of topics are you talking about? Because the people that you've got in your space, they may not be relating to the questions that you're asking. So, again, if you're talking about, um, you know, a prenatal yoga teacher, for example, in that niche and you know, you're, you're talking about concepts that may be, may be too big. They may be, you know, like at that stage, maybe they are in their third trimester and they're really struggling with back pain. Like, how can you help them? What kind of questions could you be asking that you could be getting, um, easy feedback from? It could be like, you're in your third trimester. Do you feel severe back pain, mild back pain or min back pain? And then you give them an option. Whereas if you put a question box sticker up there and it's like, Tell me what you need help with. You will hear crickets because it's not making it easy for them. So my that's my rule of thumb. Work smarter, not harder. And mm, you'll yes. get the result. That's a great tip. That's a really great example. Love that. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about content. What kind of content should you share today on Instagram? Moving forward to 2023. 2023, ah. Uh, well, I do think that, I do think that the reels, reels is, we know that reels is up there. So I feel like that is, it goes without say. But so what I want to dive into maybe is the type of reels that we are going to be seeing or that we are seeing already and that we need to really consider taking, taking into account is that a lot of people are so over the era of Instagram, I don't know about you, but I also am like, I'm done. I show up with my mom bun and if I'm wearing makeup, then you guys are lucky. But it is just, you know, people wanting more original content. So the thing that I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of talking reels, but it's not just talking reels of like, did you know that yoga can, you know, open up your heart chakra and then you'll sleep better? Like it's more relatable kind of stuff. Right. It's more the kind of stuff where you can really show up as an authority in your space. You can go in there. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can educate even through doing tutorials and that kind of stuff, but definitely more the original side of it. But that being said, don't underestimate the value of other formats as well. You know, people, one thing I've learned is that people, especially on Instagram, you know, we've got different learner types. So you've got people who love to watch, you've got people who love to listen, and you've got people who love to get involved. That's why I love engagement stickers, because it's like you're getting them to touch the screen. And I think that you've got to be catering for all types of people. So you've got to have reels, but don't forget your carousels and your single posts, because those can be really valuable as well. Oh, I love that. Yes, um, I definitely see... Um the best results right now with reels with videos where I just talk like 60 seconds yeah. or 90 seconds. I try to get like shorter because then I can repurpose it to, <laughs> I want to do like YouTube shorts and Pinterest and there it's like uh, 60 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, but I, I like them also because they're so easy. 
it is never, mm. I, I try not to spend more than 15 or 20 minutes on a reel. So I, w- I'm not going to try to compete with influencers, create like fancy transitions yeah. and this and that. And <laughs> for a reel, that's like, you know, like people watch it and then it's like old news, like yesterday's newspaper in a few days. So nobody's mm. going to watch it, look at it anymore. Yeah. I yeah, think that's like think, the problem with it. Yeah. How do you manage that? How do you manage that, like that constant putting out content in your business? Gosh, I think that it's like it's such a, it, you know what? It's such a hard thing because I do go through phases and I think that we all do where we're feeling like really inspired and we've got so much to say and then making content just feels really effortless and easy. And then you've got the days where it's like, oh my God, I actually don't want to look at my phone. I don't feel like doing this. It's just, whatever and so you know I I definitely go through phases in terms of the way that I create so I used to be really disciplined where I would carve out two hours on a weekend and I would make sure that I felt good I'd put on makeup I'd do my hair do all the things and I would record a couple of reels but now I'm also at the point where it's like okay I'm really confident in my strategy I know what I'm trying to achieve so if I find an audio and I'm like this is going to work I'll record it there and then boom got my caption So I guess it really just depends of how I'm feeling and how it kind of works. But the one thing that I will say, though, is that I have really stopped in the beginning of the journey. It was more about, ah, find this audio. Okay, how is this audio going to make my content work? How is this audio going to, or how can I make it work for me to whatever, get lots of views? But it's so different when your perspective is different, when you understand that you actually have a purpose with your content. So you're asking yourself, okay, do I want this piece of content to engage with my audience? Do I want this piece of content to sell to my audience? Or do I want this piece of content to be shareable to them? You know, what are the goals? And that is really significant. It makes content creation so much easier. Well, that's a really great starting point. Yes, definitely. Um it all starts with the content, the story that you're telling. And I think what's also important to remember is that it's never about the quantity of views of your reels or followers. It might be the completely wrong people who view your reels who would never buy from you. So it's really more about like, that's why it's so important that it really relates to your offers, to what you're doing, to um, what you want to communicate. So I could probably post like tons of reels with my puppy (laughs) and get (laughs) lots of views, right? She's adorable, but I don't think that would be my ideal audience. So (laughs) I'm restricting (laughs) myself. (laughs) Not unless they're doing puppy yoga, but yes. (laughs) I have always a friend friend of me telling me, you should create an Instagram account for Luna. I'm like, ah, God, I already spent so much time on that app. I want this time that I spend with her to spend with her and not always have like the phone in front of her face. I know, I know. And I feel like that's how my family feels sometimes where I'm like, everybody just be cool. Let's just grab some (laughs) content. But there's a place you've got to be able, I think that you've got to also be able to find that point where you can unplug and that you can really just say, okay, cool, it's enough. And then you also find that point where you are like, um, you know, I'm a big fan of also documenting certain little parts of my life as I go. I call it lazy content creation on the days where I really just want to slap something together and it's not going to be me doing anything fancy or talking to camera. 
but actually just documenting little parts of your day and little parts of your life that speak to your brand and speak to your ideal clients. And I found that to be incredibly helpful. And that's another trend that I'm also seeing on Instagram at the moment. People are really doing that themselves. So it's a nice way to also really connect with people on another level beyond yoga. Yeah, definitely. That authenticity really is so important and to build like the deeper connection. It's like mm. I'm, I'm telling you, like, my students as a yoga teacher don't only focus on sharing how to or, or educational content, like tutorials or something mm. like, because that's not enough to really build a connection. Yeah. So they want yeah. to look behind the scenes. They want to get to know you and your personality and your style. And yeah, the quickest way to do that is video. Mm, for yeah. sure, which is such a challenge for a lot of people. And I think we can both relate to, it was t terrifying when I started out, when I did my first Facebook lives back in the day. And oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> so do you have any tips for someone who's like really struggling to put out, <laughs> to, to click that button and start screening, start and recording? Oh, my word. So I'll tell you the story. I am I am a full-blown introvert. I do not, and COVID definitely didn't help. <coughs> I'm sorry. But what I used to do before, before I really felt confident enough to just hop on a live or to just speak freely like this would have even been a huge challenge for me. And what I actually used to do was I used to wait till everybody in my house was sleeping and I would go to the dining room table and the Airbnb or wherever we were at at that point in time. And I would sit there and I would have all of my notes out of what I was going to say, pull up my phone, and then I would practice. I would practice just with my camera on and I would look in the, whatever, look in the camera and I'd practice a few times until I press record. And then from pressing record, then I still had to post. That was like back in the day, I think when they had Instagram video or whatever it was. But I wouldn't have been able to get to this point where I can make my morning smoothies and I can do my talking reels and bam, it's done if I hadn't started there. So I think a real, a real good starting point is to just practice with your phone in front of you and looking at your face and just starting, starting that. And when you do that, I think Instagram live now actually has a practice option. So when you're oh. feeling brave, yes. I haven't, I don't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And that's definitely a really helpful tip. And yeah, don't compare to yourself to someone who's done already like 300 reels or videos mm. or something. I think what's really mm. helpful is on YouTube, when you check out like YouTube channels of people who are really great at it, have like this super amazing, successful channels, and you go back, you click on the video tab, and then you can see the oldest videos first. Yeah, and it's always such a journey with everybody. So yeah, don't compare mm. your your own your, yourself to someone else. Mm. You're That's in a different so step on mm. the journey, and yeah. And I think I think something important to remember too is that a lot of people that are on this app are either full time creators, so they do this for a living. They get paid by brands to go on and to create content. There are also people on this app that have got teams behind them so that they can get their makeup and their hair done or they can be um, having their social media people engaging with their audience and doing this and doing that. Like if you are one person, I like, I love what you said, right? You've just got to be able to stay in your lane and don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Like you don't know what's gone on up until that point or what they've got behind them. 
yeah, never compare yourself to influencers. I think if if mm. you don't want to be in that, if, if that's not your business model, you mm. can't. It's, there's no point in creating content the same way an influencer does, where you're sharing your day to day, twenty four hours, <laughs> right? Mm. So, and um, that's a different business model. So you don't have to yeah. do that. Yeah. What do you share yeah. in stories? Um, how do you show up in your stories compared to? How, what you do in reels. I find it really challenging because I'm now doing so many videos for reels to still show up on video as video story in my stories as well. <laughs> like why? Oh gosh. I definitely think that stories have shifted a lot from definitely from when I first started showing up on Instagram. So a lot of the time what stories used to be really helpful for was doing like mini trainings, for example, with your audience. So you know, it could have been like pose breakdowns, you know, adjustment clinics or whatever it was in your stories. And nowadays, what's really shifted is firstly our attention span, right? So people, it seems to be a lot less of the lengthy videos because now Instagram's gone and introduced one minute long videos. So in your story, so now people are just kind of tapping along because we don't have that attention span. So behind the scenes stuff, sneak peeks of what you've got going on. People want to be able to connect with you beyond yoga. So like, what are you doing in your spare time? Like, are you going hiking, camper vanning? What are you making in your smoothie? Like, what are you putting in there? Those kinds of things are actually really interesting. And people like to see that part of you because that really builds up that emotional connection with you. Um, I think that the biggest disconnect is that the, the reels, like the talking reels now, that is really where a lot of the focus is in terms of people consuming content. So your stories have to work. What's the word? They've got to work. They work together with your feed content. So they've got to complement it. It's like, I don't really have a story strategy. It's just that I kind of know where I'm going to be taking my audience. And so we just work organically together like that. How I was when I taught yoga, it was like, right, we don't know where we're starting today. The flow is just going to take us where we need to go. But yeah, it's a little bit more also unpolished, rough around the edges. You can share Luna there. <laughs> I feel it's evolving a little bit. Also, like mm. I see it from myself, how I'm consuming stories. I'm now again more in my feed. Like a while ago, I used to be more about stories. I used to love stories mm -hmm. when they started because they were so much more authentic, right? It was just more entertaining mm. than that curated content and now mm. it feels like the feed, also with the suggested posts, is more entertaining again. And yeah, so it's, mm. <laughs> and I'm always looking for stories from people, yeah, where I know they is like that day to day life. I think mm. they maybe they help you build a deeper connection with the people who are already following you. They're not going yeah. to help you get discovered by new people, obviously. Yeah. So it's yeah. more like yeah. Just like mm. that personal, invite them into your life, basically. Yes. And a I little think bit, something yeah. important, um, sorry, and I think something important that I've realized with stories is that that's really where your hottest audience is. Like that is really where you, like your number one fans are. So it is an amazing place to sell as well. And a lot of yoga teachers, I think, um, do kind of sell in their stories or you kind of sell in your feed, but the people who are in your stories already, especially if you've got like a thousand less followers, 1500 followers, like that is where you want to be putting your attention when you've got your programs, your memberships, your classes, whatever, like that is a really big chunk of it too. 
do you do um, how do you use Instagram actually right now when you're launching or selling something? Let's let's deep that. Mm. Let's have a look into your yes. strategy. Ooh, I'm very curious <laughs> oh, about that. Yeah. Uh, I love it. So I'll and I'll tell you my whole strategy. It's pretty I love, love, love to get my audience excited about a program that I'm launching. So I'll always drop sneak peeks, be talking about it. Um, I love to use all the little features. I love to use the gifts in Instagram stories. That How really long kind before? Of, when do you start with that? How long before um, launch? Gosh, I'm like thinking. So I, I start that maybe I've got a really warm, engaged audience. So I kind of start that like three to four weeks before. But if you don't have an engaged audience, I would say that you need to be starting that from six weeks before and really building up more engagement than anything else to just get them used to like you showing up consistently. And yeah, and then I'd say from there, then what we what I kind of do is then obviously announce, doors are open, get them excited, join wait lists, all the things. But I'm really taking them on a journey. Like the last thing I will ever do to my audience, I did it I think once and I learned the hard way was to ever drop something on them cold. Like and wonder why nobody's signing up because that was like a hard lesson to learn, right? So they want to be part of the process and you don't get a better place than Instagram stories to do that where they can choose the color of your website or they can help you decide which whatever pose to put at what part of the sequence or like you don't get a better place than that. And then obviously to sell, it leads you right to the DMs and that's where everything happens. That's where... You should be making the sales or, you know, sending them to the link in your bio and that. But that is really, that's really how I use it to kind of funnel my audience that way. So do you do a lot of um, social selling in the DMs? Yes, yeah. so I do. I do a lot of, um, it's a lot of in the stories also. So a lot of times in the stories, it will be either visit my link in bio. But what I've also come to realize is that when I'm sending people to my link in bio is that I don't have control over the experience. So I'm just really putting it out there to the algorithm, like crossing fingers that somebody's going to click on the link in my bio. So a lot of the times I'll also encourage people to DM me the word course or DM me the word stories or whatever it is that I'm selling at that time. And when they DM me, then I'm like, okay, cool. Let's talk about it. And let's see if it's a good fit for you. If it is amazing, hop in. And if it's not, that's fine. You know, try something else. So it really gives you that place. Do you use any bots for that or do you use that manually? Because I know a lot of people do that, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have a DM a word and then you get that automatic message with a link to the freebie and things. Yes, yes. I have to say I'm like a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to that stuff. Like I will I will use that and I will get there. But at the moment, I really do. um, I think that I'm still like in the phase where I'm really – I like, I like building the relationships with people, you know, so yeah. I really do enjoy speaking to potential clients, existing clients, all the things. And it's such an important part of my business in the way that I use Instagram that, you know, there will be a time and place, I guess, for that DM automation. But right now, right now, manually is fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love that. You know, like I'm all about that um, personal touch as well. Like I have the mm-hmm. chatbot on my website, but it's like, it's real, right? So they can send me a video or a DM and I get back and it's not like some bot replying or something, which I think is fine too when you are open about it, (laughs) when you tell people, so this is my bot and it's fine, right? But don't pretend that it's like a real person when it's not. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. So um, how much time do you um, plan to spend on Instagram when you're launching? Oh, how much time? So, you know, it's funny. I think of Instagram almost as like, like I'm walking into my office for the day. So, you know, it, it really, I will make a point of kind of, I'll definitely have my feed content ready, good to go. And I'll reply to any comments and stuff that I get from that. But in terms of my story, I obviously, I create my stories in my stories. And so that does sometimes take me a little bit longer. But I would say like I'm checking my phone, maybe like in those kind of like breakfast, lunchtime, dinner time, just checking it at the different intervals just to see if, you know, I've missed anything and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it's a hard one, though. I think when I'm launching, though, I think there's also so many other moving pieces that are going on that I'm like, ah, can't really focus on all of Instagram. We've got other things to get going <laughs> to. So. I know. Yes, definitely. Do you prepare everything in advance or try to? I try to. I love it. Yes, I do. But I do. I do. So, you know, it was um, my first my first launch, though, with my latest program, Post Your Purpose. My first launch, I did get a VA to help me with it. Um, I would not have, I, I don't believe that I would have been able to do it as well as I did if it wasn't for her because just having somebody to support you and just somebody to also keep you accountable. Like, cause I could leave my sales page to the last minute and then I would be up till one o'clock in the morning, which is not good for anybody. <laughs> so, you know, I think I definitely do try. And now I think the first time around, you know, you're really learning and you're kind of finding your feet and you're not really sure where things go or, you know, how quickly the emails have to go and that kind of stuff. But now that once you do it more than once, then it becomes so much easier because you've done the content, you've got the emails, you've got the things that you can repurpose, just fine tweak, you've got your funnels built, all the fancy things. So yeah, I think every time gets a little bit, a little bit better, a little bit easier. Try be as prepared as you can, but you'll never be prepared, right? <laughs> There's always something. Sometimes I feel it's also that the content that we create really in the moment works so much better because it's more inspired and it just mm. gets more engagement. It's so weird. Yes, mm. like mm. a different kind of energy. Not always, but I think I've seen that happen. So um yeah. I definitely look at every email with every launch again. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because it's a completely different perspective. You've got new testimonials, people. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, oh my God, I forgot like my next question. <laughs> I already had it. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. The story of my life. Uh, stories, Instagram. Yeah, it can be really, um, it can feel like so overwhelming. And it's important to remember that it's a tool in our marketing toolkit that we use in our business, it's not our life or something. Mm -hmm. It's not there mm -hmm. just to be joyful for us and to, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to be mm -hmm. fun. But, yes. um, and if you really hate it, you don't have to use it. It's, it's mm -hmm. always your decision as a business owner. If you, yeah. but I feel like if you decide to use it, you should be strategic about it and not just like, otherwise it's just going to eat away your time. Mm. And it's you, so true. Yeah, it's very easy to um to get stuck in the in the scroll hole of um oh sorry I've but it's very easy to get stuck in the stuck in the scroll hole because 
Oh, there we go. Sorry. So it's easy to get stuck in the scroll hole. And I think that that's such a big, that's such a big part of, um, why you've got to, I mean, at the lack of sound, at the risk of sounding cheesy rather, like you've got to apply mindfulness strategies that you have learned as a teacher in your practice to Instagram. You know, you've got to be practicing that discipline of, um, that discipline to be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm consuming too much. This is just not good for my brain. It's not good for my body or whatever. Like you've got to be able to put the brakes on when something doesn't feel good to you. When something, when you, when you are not growing the amount of followers that you want or something like that, like that feel, you know, that's taking it personally, that self-rejection or whatever it is that is coming your way. Like you've got to be able to take these practices that we've learned and apply it to social media because at the end of the day, it's just an app on your phone. You know, you can give it as much power as you want to, but it doesn't have to be all consuming. And I mean, the amount of yoga teachers that I've worked with that really do struggle with like algorithm anxiety and it is just um, eating, eating them alive, eating away at them. And it's so, it's, it's hard to see because at the end of the day, like if you treat it as a business tool, that's all it is. It will serve you. But when it consumes you, that's when you stop seeing the results. That's when you stop seeing the, the magic, I guess. Yes, yes, I love that. So remember that people don't <laughs> see it as a business tool. Be strategic about it and you'll find joy. And hopefully, um, yeah, put the social back into social media. I yes. think that's like, right? So the, the main point really. Um, when it comes to that, did you ever have to, um, well, work with, or did you ever get like negative feedback? How did you handle that? So, you know, it's funny. It's like the, the most of the negative feedback I've actually gotten is from other yogi, I don't want to say the word influencers, but maybe accounts that have got like some bigger, bigger following. Um, and, you know, like the biggest lesson I've learned is that it's like, it's okay to have your own opinion, but don't take it personally if somebody doesn't agree with you. And, you know, fortunately, I haven't had any trolls and stuff. I've had a few viral reels, but I haven't had any kind of people come at me in that ugly kind of way. But when I do get people that are, you know, I've had people come at me for all, you know, sorts of things from like, um, gosh, I don't know. I can't actually think, obviously, when I need an example. But um, my opinion on pra on your personal practice, right? Or somebody it was an opinion on should you share your practice online or not? If yoga is such an in, internal and like an internal thing and it's such a spiritual practice, why do you need to share it? And so obviously, like I am a believer in sharing it because people need to see what it looks like if you are going to take them on that journey to becoming a customer. People need to see what's there. <coughs> And so, yeah, there were a few differences of opinions there because obviously all of us are entitled to our opinions. But at the end of the day, it's just really kind of like accepting, right? You you do you, I do me, and we can still coexist here happily. It doesn't have to be. We don't all have to agree all the time. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, just like you have to learn to not take it personal. And yeah, uh, for me, it's the same. I really very, very rarely get negative comments. Thankfully, mm. it looks like we have the nicest audiences. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. 
But I'm also not scared about it. I'm like, yeah, that's your opinion. <laughs> Just don't yeah, get exactly. it. Don't want to let it get too close to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I think we sh- you shared so many um, great tips and valuable advice. Is there anything else um, you want to share? I should have asked you. Um. Oh gosh, Susanna. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> Put you know. Spot here, right? I, so, I yeah. don't know. Yes, I think that you know what. I think one thing that I do, I do think is important is that um, don't don't feel like this is some kind of race. And like I feel like that's a big thing. Like we feel when we start this online journey, there are going you are going to be bombarded with so much content <laughs> and so many people who are throwing I've made so much money or I've grown so many followers or I've done this or I've done that. And it can either be really inspiring, it can be really overwhelming, or it can just make you actually not want to start at all. And I think that one of the biggest things that have helped me with this is, well, two things, obviously. And we spoke about the one about not comparing your beginning to where somebody else is. But um, the other thing is, is that, well, why not me? You know, like, I think that when I first started my journey and it was you and I started the online course and all of that, I was like, well, if she's doing it, why can't I? Like, there is absolutely no reason why it can't be me. And then a year and a half later, like, here we are on the same podcast. So I think that the biggest thing is, is that when you see these accounts and you see these things coming at you, instead of um, feeling demotivated or uninspired, to reframe that and think, me too. It's possible. And that really can change your whole experience. And also the frequency of people that you connect with, that vibration that you're bringing into your space of the people, that is a real big deal. So, and that's, that's what I'm about. That's what I teach. So I hope, I hope that that was helpful. Thank you so much. That was really beautifully said. And yes, it's definitely inspiring. (laughs) So where can people go to learn more about you? Ah, all right. So definitely Instagram. So you can follow at the content yogi. You can go check it out. And that is where I obviously hang out or my website, uh, thecontentyogi.com. Um, I actually do have a really great freebie for yoga teachers. If you guys do want to get started on optimizing your bio, I know that that's something that we didn't really talk about, Susanna, but it's obviously a really big part of Instagram. So if that is something that you're struggling with, your story highlights, I have got scripted story highlights. So you can hop on the stories. You don't have to practice it a million times. You can literally say the words and that is your freebie. And I was taught by Susanna. So you know that it's a good one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, we add the links to the show notes. Yes. Um, thank you so much, Gabby. It was really, really such a big honor to have you here on the show. And I'm sure we talk again soon. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz Podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to SusannaRaika.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.
Hey there, interrupting for a short announcement. I'm hosting a virtual bootcamp to help you kickstart your online business from May 6th to May 10th, and I would love to see you there. It's the Make Your First or Next $5,000 online bootcamp, and you can save your spot for this free virtual event when you go to my website, susannereicher.com forward slash bootcamp. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E-R-I-E-K-E-R.com forward slash bootcamp. I'm going to go live every day from Monday to Friday with a live training on how to elevate your vision, choose your profitable niche, amplify your content, nail down your signature offer to make your first or next $5,000. I can't believe how freaking fun, valuable, and powerful this virtual event is going to be. You'll get five live stream trainings, all of the recordings in case you can't make it live or need to leave early, access to my new community, the Midlife Biz Hive, including tons of additional trainings for you to dive in, the chance to ask any questions in our calls or in the community. It'll be amazing. This event is a real game changer, whether you're just starting out or you've been at it for a while, but feeling a bit stuck around the maybe $2,000 to $3,000 monthly mark. If you're eager for more and ready to figure out the online business puzzle, this is the perfect place to kickstart your journey to bigger and better results.